0: Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time, with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by the Hyundai Santa Fe. For a capable SUV with intuitive tech and safety features designed for all your family's adventures, check out the new Hyundai Santa Fe. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by CarMax. At CarMax, the best way to buy a car is your way. Choose from over 50,000 CarMax-certified vehicles at CarMax.com and buy online or in store with curbside pickup and home delivery in select markets. Get all the details today at CarMax.com.
1: What I love about it, Moose, is because King Kong's always been a good guy for me. Yeah, and in the last film, Godzilla was a good guy. He was a good guy. Yeah, he basically like, had, to do had to do. Godzilla he say- regulated. He basically
2: what Warren G said <laughs> he regulated. That's he regulated. Yeah, he, he came in.
1: <laughs> Godzilla regulated. Warren Godzilla. 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 G Warren for G. G. For <Warren> <laughs> everyone welcome to Roy's right house on Ringer Sea hope you're doing well and staying safe first of all i want to say thanks to everyone who sent us a message about last week's um, David rowcast special It means a lot today we're going to give flowers to imanol who managed real sociedad to their first trophy in 34 years at the weekend we're going to talk about a theory i have about ronaldo's role for portugal and finally with the European competition returning this week, we're going to chat a little about the difference playing domestically and in Europe. And my guest today is Mr. Musa Kwanga. How are you doing, Musa Kwanga?
2: Very well, thanks. Very well indeed. Good times, good times, good Flat times. Flat capped up. Flat capped up.
1: I didn't wear my hat today. I've got my, I've got a felt hat today. I Felt like my uncle Charlie. Did I tell? Have I ever told you about my uncle Charlie, Miss? No, I don't think so. My uncle Charlie used to come to my house every. Sunday for dinner, Sunday dinner. And he was just an old Jamaican guy. All the top front of his teeth were gold. Mm. He always wore um, a three-piece suit, shirt, tie, gold chain watch. Goodness, Always looked smart and had always Crisp. had an unbelievable felt hat. And the felt hat, when he'd come in, Moose, the felt hat would get put somewhere where it's just, it's on display. Abs- of course. It's on display. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, you know what I mean? And so... Every time I wear that, every time I wear that hat, I just I just think of my Uncle Charlie. And it's something that I want to do. Cause when I was younger, Moose, I liked the fact that everybody was so smartly dressed. Even when you go back to obviously you could go back to the 20, 30s, everybody was smartly dressed. You go 40s, 50s, right, right. shirt and ties. Everybody wore suits. Everybody. I love the fact that everybody is smart with shirt and tie and suit and stuff. I love that. It's a statement, though, isn't it? It's important, especially like as black
2: people at that time. People don't realise that it's a way of claiming your space at a time when a lot of the world doesn't give you anything. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that stuff, you know, obviously like being smart is a statement in itself. Mm-hmm. But I think there's, there's a wider issue. Like I bought a jacket when I've been in Berlin for a couple of years, I had quite a bad racist incident. I went out and bought myself like a really nice jacket for special occasions. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, just make to so feel good at tough times. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to start wearing this yes. all the time. And that was the thing for me. When you start treating every day pretty much as a special occasion, then your level of like, the
1: level of swagger just goes, it just goes through the roof. is, yeah, You know, the yeah. thing is, Moose, you, you know yeah. I went through a phase where I was really, af- I, I, I was really afraid, especially before I got to football. I was really afraid of anything that didn't look right for other, t- for other people say, oh, look at that. Look at you. And you look terrible. I would yeah. not wear that. I would not do that. Yeah. And it's really strange because my uncle Charlie, some of the colors of his suits were amazing. And sometimes when he was wearing normal stuff, you know, we're talking like purples and yellows. Orange, orange on his dark skin with these big gold teeth. He looked- It's owning it. Honestly, yeah. it looks amazing. And it's kind of something that as I got older, I started to think about it more. And I just thought, I'm just doing it, man. I'm just putting my stuff- because you with, when You, you wear certain, the strikers as well, yeah. Yeah. When you wear certain things, it's, it's, people will always try to come at you. It's like I say to people with hats. Yeah. They say, yeah, but hats don't suit me. It's because people are slaughtering them for wearing a hat. And so then people, so then they, they take that on and they say, I'm not wearing it because people don't like it. Fuck people, man. You know the difference Do you know the is? It's like in football, right? You know, like
2: when you grow up, everyone's like, man on, man on, like yes. it's a thing that's really bad. Mm-hmm. And then there comes a point, if you're like a really good player, like, you know, you yeah. look at the people like like, you want the man on. Mm-hmm. You want the pressure. So actually there comes a point, the same with clothing. At first, mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, I don't want the man on no yes. one wants to see yes. me. Then, there comes a point
1: where you're like, oh, people are gonna come for you with that hat. They're like, I want this. Exactly, because the thing with the man on is that if you are Iniesta, the Skulls, if Zidane and that, you've already seen that the man is coming. Exactly. So when, so when <laughs> yeah, the ball's coming, you're already ready. You've already got the picture. Yeah. But it he's took already me, dead. It took yeah, me years. Yeah. It took me years for some reason. was to get to the place where I don't care that there's a man on. I don't care what you lot think about what I wear. Right. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing with my girls when they're younger. I literally, now, especially when they're younger and to the point now, they literally can put anything they want on yes. in the respects of how they put it together. It doesn't matter because what I wanted them to understand is it's, you, you've got to be happy yourself with anything what you're doing what you're projecting yes. be happy with that and own it people will come and you try to explain to them, people will come and they'll say oh my god look at you because you're, you're you're a bit different and people don't like that people don't like different and they will come at you until you own it if you don't own it they'll come at you until you you change and then they'll see that they can get to you can't let that happen do You know what, as you've made a great point, I want to jump in there Please. with something else
2: I noticed. Um, a few years ago, I went to a clothing store, and this is just adding to your point. Went to a clothing store, I won't name names because a lot of them do this. Mm. And I was looking around at all the shelves and looking for something to buy. And I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, I don't want to buy anything in this store because this store is basically designed for a generation of men who are terrified of looking different mm-hmm. and terrified of anything that looks like it might be fitted in any way at all. Mm. Absolutely terrified. And I thought to myself, what a sad reflection. Like, and I look back at some of the things I bought back then because that's all you could buy. Mm. And the clothing is so chunky. It looks like I was wearing an igloo. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like the kind of thing where you go to the bar and there's absolutely no chance you'll stick out wearing it. Right. Right. And it's kind of sad. And that was, you know, that wasn't just in the UK. That was a lot of places. The one place I saw that was different was actually Italy. I went to Italy one time to Perugia and it was a Sunday afternoon and everyone in the town goes walking in their nice clothes. Right. Right after, after church or something. So everyone's already like smart anyway, but there's also that kind of thing of like you're on display because right. it's like after church, maybe before lunch, people were flossing. Yes. yes. And I was like, that's the energy.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the energy to move with. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Now look, man, rude, hood, bigging up your jackets, bro. What about you? you know what one I love? I love, I love the Sergeant. Remember the Sergeant Pepper one? I said, I, I love it. Oh, I did a photo thing in that, you know. It's an amazing
2: looking jacket. Thanks, man. Well, they they did, a, did like a photo shoot type thing and they were like, oh, what do you want to wear? And I was like, I got to wear that. They're like, really? I said, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's a statement. It, it says. <laughs> it's, a, it's a statement jacket. That's what jacket. you want.
1: It's a statement <laughs> jacket. It's saying, as yes. soon as you, if you wear that jacket, Moose, and you, as, as soon as you walk in, you're saying something. Oh, who does he think he is? <laughs> you know something. Speaking of statements, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Imanol yeah. man, can I got give flowers to Imanol? Yeah, Real Sociedad. Honestly, Musa, I watched the um, press conference afterwards. Even though I couldn't understand what he was saying, obviously they put subtitles in it. I, I knew, you knew, right, right, right. I yeah. knew, and when he done it, I, I swear to God. See, some of the comments are ridiculous because they just do not get it. And I love the people who don't get it. They can't get to that level of it's love not and for passion. Them. It's not for exactly. them. Exactly. It's not for them. So some of those, I thought to myself, you know something, you lot are the ones who are not privileged to be in the same sphere as this guy right now because yeah. with everything what he's been through at that club from the time, he's born in the area, been at the club and played for the club manager, for him to do that in that press conference, put the shirt, put the and the passion in which he blasted out. Yes what they say and what they sing and the fact that they're not there. Could you imagine what the fans looking at him doing that would have been feeling, Moose? I can't even imagine. There's a, It's goosebumps, isn't it? Because you know what's amazing about it? He generated that passion.
2: It had been hammering with rain. Stadium was empty. So there was nothing really else to go on. There was mm-hmm. no, like, in terms of uh, background environment, euphoria to draw on, there was basically just like a dressing room of euphoric players and him. Like, he didn't have much other energy to draw in. It wow. wasn't like there was a... a um. There wasn't like there was a uh, press from philip journalists who yeah. applauded him as soon as he walked in. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the passion was so incredible because he goes from being this like relatively, you know, moderate character, like mild mannered, and he just explodes. It's, and you yes. see how much it means. And you see, it's thirty four years it took for Real Sociedad to win something. And he's been in charge of that team. He's seen them lose their best playmaker to Arsenal on loan. Um, he's been in charge of like brilliant young talent. Yeah. He's brought them all through, and they've played some of the best football I've seen in Spain in the last two, three years. right? And they never had, and I said this on a they didn't have a trophy to show for it. And it felt like they deserved something for this period. And him knowing they can now look back at that era and be able to say that Real Sociedad in the middle of a pandemic, when things were so tough for so many people in small towns, yes. they brought joy. I was like, I was emotional watching. I was like, if I'm emotional watching this guy, how does it feel being him or being one of his fans, mm. one of the fans of his club? And the
1: Bilbao as well, they beat. Bill Bower, yes. even more so the significance that no, game it's amazing. against that opposition is incredible. So, you know what? When you when you look at it, like I say, you have to look at that, and I think to myself, fa- like fans and clubs, and I couldn't help thinking for him and all, and the way it's happened. I, I read something, Moose, where they asked him about the manager, and he said, no, stick with this manager. Even though yes, he, was, he could have been yes. the next incumbent, he could have got the job if they incredible. got rid of him and that. And he said, no. Stick with this manager. I, I, there's something about him and everything about him. And, you know, it's one of those things again, Moose. I wish I knew more. And like now, I will be showing even more interest in him. But he seems like an unbelievable man. A special character, yeah. very special. Yeah. You know, when people embody,
2: we talk about people embodying the club. There are some people, you know, like, you know, you look at Arsenal, hmm. there are Arsenal players who retire or they're only there for two years, but you're like, that person gets Arsenal. Yes. People, yes. pe- people could be at Arsenal for five years and not get Arsenal, mm. right? Some have been there for like two games and they get it. Maybe it could be a fist pump. Yeah. It could be a way they celebrate. Yeah. It could be a knee slide. And there's a certain thing, I think, with Immanuel, it's like, it's the end of a, not the end of a journey because he's still working there, but there's, there's an incredible story arc for him, isn't mm-hmm. there? Because he came through the youth there. Yeah. He saw the club go through difficult times. And to be a hero in your own, I mean, very few players and managers get to be that, mm. if you think about it. Yeah. Isn't that so bizarre? Like, you grow up loving a club, mm. you know, you grow up adoring it, and then all of a sudden, like, everyone's going the, wild wh- for, world. for you. Yeah, yeah. What, what must I
1: can't even imagine what that feels like. I can't imagine. I love the thing with Imano Moose where he said he's going into fan mode. Yeah. But then when you read about what he says, what his family have to go through, his wife and his kids, and how they've had to deal with him in this time. You know yeah. what I mean? And de- Going
2: home with a mask on.
1: Exactly. And dedicating it to him and the fans singing outside his apartment. It's incredible. It's the yeah. kind of story that you want, to, you want to hear more of that kind of stuff with football. Because it's football. Yeah. He
2: reminded us what football is, like the community. Like, you know, there were times when and you don't expect players to live mm. in the same street as a lot, because they can afford, like, you know, of frankly, course. they can afford bigger houses. But there is that sense of being approachable, being embedded, that does feel important. Yes. And it's like he took us back to that. And I know because football isn't really about what he did in that press conference anymore. It's mm. not that. that Mm-mm. Watching him in that uh, press conference reminds me of if Frankie de Jong and De Litt and Donny van der Beek had stayed at Ajax yeah. for like a couple more years yeah. and actually won that Champions League. Wow. You know, it was, yeah. it was almost a vision of like, what's that film, Sliding Doors, where football goes in a different direction and that's the football we could have ended up with. Yes. Like that's
1: how I always meant think. To I always think if, 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 um, if Holland won the world cup in 74 and then 78, um, you, the stadio has got to do something. What would different football have been like universe. with that, with that kind of football, if they won in 74 and then again in, in 78?
2: We'd be playing the world cup final on Mars. We would, it'd be so advanced. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be high speed transfer. Honestly. So we talked about Eminol, mm. but as you, obviously you've got a very close relationship with Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. So for you winning trophies, yeah. how did that feel? Oh my gosh
1: again, like I've explained it so many times that people feel that I support Arsenal simply because once I mm-hmm. went there and I fell in love, but it comes from my dear, from David Rocastle. you know, we're talking right. about early eighties, very early eighties when he went there as a, ch- as a kid. And so you yeah. love them. So you start watching them. Um, yes. The first game I ever went to was Millwall, but you know, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't the team. It was just the, the it's, I'm affiliated to the club simply because I went there when I was 10 or something. But when I got to Arsenal, Right knowing that they were already champions twice in the last three years, 89 and 91, and um, thinking I'm going to win stuff. And then the first thing I won was the, um, was the League Cup. Right. You know, it's, it's just being in a dressing room where you win and the, the happiness is just looking at people's faces and then you go, you win the FA Cup. And then you see what it means because it's still, when I won the FA Cup, obviously the 1990 was amazing with Palace, but we lost. But when I won it and, and, and you go there to win it for Arsenal yeah. and you say, yeah, I want to go there and win things. And then when you win it, it's just seeing, seeing people's faces. Obviously, they'd already won. I didn't won anything. And they were, everybody was kind of looking at me because, especially when we won the FA Cup and I, I scored as well in both of those games. Right. I remember afterwards, I remember sitting in there and you know, te- you know when the tears just well up in you. I was just right. so happy because I've watched the FA Cup since I was like seven. First one's Leeds and Chelsea. Then Arsenal in 71 when they Charlie George of his celebration. It's the first yeah, time I saw that that's celebration and stuff like that. So I've been watching it since then. So I remember the guy saying, look at right, he's crying. Oh, Wright, he's got his medal on. <laughs> so it was really weird. But like to win it for Arsenal yes. was, it's, it's amazing. Obviously, I think that the, in, in the end, winning the Premier League and lifting the Premier League for in front of the North bank. And it's like the moment when I, I remember when I'd done that, the noise moose, because they knew right. what it meant to me as well. Cause they knew how much I loved the club. They knew what it meant. And I remember when I raised, when I raised the, the Premier League, that was a moment that I don't think I've ever had, ever had before or ever had after, because it just felt so fulfilling and amazing. And they knew what it meant to me and it, and what I went there for, it happened, you know, the dream and for playing for, and doing it, for and the Arsenal. two cups as well, the though, two, cup double, yes, that's like a kind to, of like yes. a double hit, like a double a du- shot Yeah, it was a double hit. But like, remember, I wanted to win. And then t- sitting in the dressing room when we, with the cup winners cup, when we won that one, Alan Smith scored the winner was, again, I, in, in the end, I just got involved in the celebrations. You, no one would have thought that looking at me in the bath with the guys that I didn't play. I'm not one of those people that
2: says, I hate modern celebrations. I don't. I love, I love the fact that players have got like rehearsed celebrations now. Yes. But I was watching highlights from games like, you know, A few decades ago, and what's interesting, seeing how they said it, because this is before the era of rehearsed celebrations. So what you get to see is the unfiltered joy Mm. because they don't have to put with it. They don't have a moment for when you're in front of eighty thousand people. Okay, I'm going to do this, this, this move. So it's just you just see the joy exploding out of them. Mm. And what you remind me of when you talk, do you
1: remember that Marco Tardelli goal when he scores in the final of eighty two? Musa, it's amazing you've mentioned that because that that is what I base everything on in respect of passion and sheer just pure adrenaline and in the moment. That is it. The Marcos Ardeli celebration. You see it. And
2: even think of it now when he he scores, it's the opening goal, isn't it? In the the final Mm -hmm. against uh, West West Germany, Germany, as they then were. And he hits that. It's a glorious strike, Mm, of course. And you just see him turn away and you're like, oh my gosh, he's going. And you Mm. just see that his entire body, it's like he's crying. It's like he's crying with every part of his body. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're crying because you're like, that's how every five-year-old, six-year-old cries in the playground when they think
1: of scoring that goal. And he's been, he's been scoring. You realize he's been scoring that goal for 20 years. God almighty. Moose, I'm so pleased you mentioned that celebration because if you had to say a celebration that is just pure, it's got nothing, it's nothing else. Because even when you're you're about to score a goal, Moose, when you feel like I'm about to score here, he scored the goal, but it was, there was no, there was nothing in his body or in his, in his mind or anything in his, that he's thinking, I'm, this is what I'm going to do when I celebrate. It happened. When it happened, he ran away and he is actually shaking his head saying no. He, when you look at he was saying yeah, no. Yeah. No. He cannot believe this. He, 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 can't, can't, he cannot no.
2: believe. He cannot believe that of all the people that have ever lived, mm. that have ever played football, he has got to play in the World Cup final and Scott. And he has he's been that's what he sees. Like, I cannot believe this has happened to me. I cannot believe this is my life. And some people might say, well, you can never come down from there. Like you can never top it after that. Well, that's the point. You don't need to no, top it. Like no. I don't think Marco Talad is paid
1: for drinks It's 192. Wow. Just to finish this off, Moose, going back to Imanor, Yeah. And you could feel him in that room, whether there's people in there or not, you could see his neck. The celebration. Yeah. The way he was screaming what they sing. You know what I mean? So that Beautiful. And then at the end he clapped and it, it was, it's, again, I'll just say to, it's, it was really, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. When he was doing that, it's like he filled the stadium with that. Mm. He, all of a sudden
2: the stadium felt full. The press room felt full. Mm. It was like, all of a sudden you imagined all the fans at home in their social distance gatherings. Just, so you imagined yes. them just going wild. Can imagine them watching like, that, oh that at the time. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what it's like? Okay. There's a, there was a band um, called Zambula. It was a Ugandan hip hop uh, Ugandan um, group, not hip hop group. That was an amazing band. And I went to a festival. I think it was Glastonbury 07, right? Mm. Got out my tent because the sun was burning through the tent. And I get out and go around and I hear this incredible band playing, incredible band. And I go around the corner, you know what? They were playing to basically an empty field Mm. and they were playing the gig of their lives and watching him do that reminded me of them. It was like, he managed to generate that much passion that actually, and with this band playing after about 10 minutes, had like 20, 30 people had come yep. to just dance in this empty field mm. in front of them. And he was just smiling on stage, like smiling. Yep. And it, Immanuel reminds me of that moment of, I don't care what this circumstance has yep. forced upon me. Yep. I don't care that I don't get to celebrate in the ideal context. I don't care that I don't have a, like a full crowd of people screaming my name. I'm going to do this because it matters. I'm ma- going to mark yes. this because it matters. And this, that to me, this, that's football to me. Absolutely. Flowers for Imanol, man. Flowers.
0: This episode is brought to you by the Hyundai Santa Fe. Around the bend, across the pond, off the beaten path, there's a lot of ways to say you're going places, but only one SUV that helps you get there as a family. The newly redesigned Hyundai Santa Fe. It's the SUV made for getting out there and doing more together. Take the scenic route with available H Track all-wheel drive and a suite of intuitive safety features for more peace of mind. Plus, you'll stay comfortable wherever you're headed with the Santa Fe's available premium Napa leather seating, generous room for five, and sophisticated interior styling. Learn more about the Santa Fe by going to hyundaiusa.com.
1: Moose, I was um, I was on the way up to to do match of the day and. I was just, I was in the car just thinking about just the players and everything and obviously the top player. I'm thinking about Ronaldo, right? And I'm thinking about what Ronaldo's doing in respect of staying relevant, the fitness, the goals, everything what he's doing, trying to make sure that he's not only available for obviously these Euros, which he is, but 2022 and Qatar, right? And I was looking at his unbelievable longevity at the moment and how he still looks amazing and he's still right up there. And I'm looking at the Portuguese players and team that's around him that seem to be Moose coming to the fore at the perfect time for someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, who you know is trying to win the world cup. That's it because off of the back of the euros, what they won. And oh, let's, let's face it in the fact he didn't have a role to play in that at all. They won it without him. that particular. Yep. But I could feel it. And I was just in the car, like I say, going up moose, just thinking, this guy's planning to win the world cup in 2022. Of course he is. And he should be
2: planning to with that squad. He should be because it's perfectly designed for him. You look at like, you've got Fernando Santos. They won, he won the Euros with them. Mm. He's been in charge since 2014, right? So he won the Euros with Portugal. Mm-hmm. Then he won the, the Nations League, which is a big deal, right? Like 2019. Um, with, a set, with a squad where you've got Ronaldo integrated. He was integrated in 2016, of course. He was right at the centre of things in 2019. He scored, the, scored a hat-trick in the semi-final against Switzerland in, in the, the Nations League. So yes. He's still dangerous at, like, international level. And now you've got this great option where you've got a perfectly fluid Portugal team. They can play the flowing stuff if he's yes. not there. Yes. But if he's there, they can grind out the result. And this is the thing. The beauty of Portugal at the moment is they don't mind doing it ugly. You have to there's a lot of pressure. Yes, you have to you're Winning those, yeah, right. There's a lot of pressure on other clubs, other, other countries. Sorry, to play a certain style, but he has the Deschamps thing of he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Didier, Deschamps, Deschamps does, Didier Deschamps knows that when France have that World Cup sitting in the trophy cabinet, Noel's going to care how pretty it looked at certain points because mm-hmm. it wasn't always pretty. Nope. Santos has that luxury. He doesn't mind using Ronaldo in slightly more defensive formations, less fluid formations, because he knows that Ronaldo, to your earlier point, he's the person that doesn't take the half step before toe-poking it. That is a rare quality. If you look at that Portugal squad, a lot of people say, oh, are they better without him? Mm. Well, who are their goal scorers actually under immense pressure? They know that, we know that Andre Silva's scoring lots of goals right now for Eintracht Frankfurt. It's very different doing that to doing that in a quarterfinal. In a semi, in a final,
1: right. Will, will, will Ronaldo um, recognise, when you look, because I feel that Biden, as much as I do like him and I hear you guys talk about him all the time on Stadium, Jao Felix. Mm. And he's got to step up there even more to that level. Because like, remember, we mm. are talking about somebody who costs a hundred and odd million. What was it? 126. 11... 126 million. And let's yeah. face it, up to this point, as good as he is and what he's doing, we've not seen him emerge into, oh yeah, but Jao Felix, Jao Felix, oh Joe Felix. Right, right. Is that, that's that got to happen at some stage. Now I'm thinking by 2022, hopefully he'll have got to even higher standards of what he's capable of doing to, to, to win the World Cup. Will Ronaldo, the point I'm trying to make is, give those guys the space to, to do their I stuff. Think so. So as, I think so, yeah. Every time yeah. he's yeah. in the, sp- I remember doing, with the World Cup with him in 2018, mm. I remember there was times, I'd done a, I was doing it for Fox and I watched a game in particular where there were so many more options and wherever he turned up, they would literally turn and look for him, give it to him. Instead of getting it forward, going forward to do the guy. Would, they, would, they would look for him. That can't happen. You know, just because he's right. on the pitch, these guys have got to express. They've got to do it. He's got to be the finishing touch. He's got to be the, the icing. Let them do their stuff. And then when they need the match winner, he's in that last third of the pitch to do his stuff. Instead of being the fulcrum of everything, like give it to me now. Do this. He's got to let that happen. I think he will. Do you know why?
2: Because if you look at like the 2016 Euros, in a weird way, the best thing could have happened for the country in uh, long term was that they won without him on the pitch. Mm. He went off so early in that final, and Portugal still ground it out against France. That was a very big power move in a way for the rest of the his his squad mates. Right now, obviously, win the Nations League. He doesn't score the win in the final. Guedes scores the win in the final, playing through the middle, Mm. and you know Portugal then beat Croatia four one without him in the team mm. with that fluid formation you're talking about. So Santos has a really nice dynamic where he's like, this lot know they can do it without me if they have to. But they also, there may be certain contexts in which he's necessary where he's needed. Like you look at that, for example, the world cup semifinal, um, Spain, Germany in 2010, I think it was when Puyol scores the late header and really at certain points of games, there's only certain players that get it done. Mm. So I wonder if it's going to be a situation where, it'll be horses for courses and they might start without Ronaldo but they'll be like you're going to get 20 minutes or 25 minutes to just open this whole thing up. wow! And it's, it's selling that the, the key conversation for Portugal is going to be is going to be selling that proposition to Cristiano Ronaldo. Weirdly enough I think he's more open to that now than ever. If, if the conversations had the right way I think he's open to it because frankly like uh, Ryan was saying about Zlatan I think that here's a guy who is aware of his footballing mortality Mm-hmm. You don't move to a club like Juve and get things built around you if you're not aware of your footballing mortality. You look at like Chiesa doing all that running for him, Maratta. Yep. What he has at Portugal is uh, for Juve is all those runners around him. And if, they can, if, if Santos can sell to him, you're going to get 20 premium minutes at the end of each game in the, in the, in the knockout stages.
1: Come on and do what you I, do. I can't, I can't see that. I think that's a good sell. You can't see it? I, I, I don't... You're... I just can't see Ronaldo accepting that. Accepting bit part. And, that's, and and I think that the only way he probably could accept that, because that is a bit we're talking about let's let's because the way I was thinking about it, what I'm thinking is that probably mm. is his swan song to the world. That's me. Right, right. That's me. Yeah. And um for him to accept 20 minutes maybe at the end of games when we're looking at Ronaldo in his maybe his last World Cup, so the world wants to see him as well. And who's going to score the goals that's going to keep him out of the team to keep him on the bench until maybe 20 minutes, half an hour to go. At the moment, who's going to be emerging to do that? Because that's the only way that's going to happen. Right, right. That's only- well, maybe, maybe, maybe then, look, here's the thing.
2: Qatar's hot. Yes. So maybe the games aren't going to play at that speed. Mm-hmm. Maybe actually, if you see how Portugal were in the Euros 2016, they were quite defensive. Went to see, well, Very, to see yeah. Portugal, Poland in the quarters, I think it was. And they were like, they were slow and static and he was virtually immobile, but mm-hmm. so were all of them. Mm-hmm. So actually maybe that flowing style, even with even in the air-conditioned stadium, still going to be pretty hot. And can you so imagine? It might,
1: it might play to his strength. And the thing as well, Moose, can you imagine if they are, let's just say the best possible scenario for, for Portugal is that they are doing well and it's going great. And then you start seeing Ronaldo warming up, the crowd's going crazy. Yeah, exactly. pro- that's probably going to affect you as well, an opposing side. And it's probably going to affect you as the, Portuguese side knowing here comes our guy. Here he comes. I
2: think to be honest, I think this is going to be a real smash and grab tournament, 22 workout. What I mean is all these training routines have been out of whack. All the club football. So we could see again some pretty I mean, how chaotic could that tournament mm-hmm. be? Because if, if, if these leagues are that chaotic, imagine how chaotic a knockout's gonna be. A knockout tournament. Mm-hmm. We could see a really I'm putting out a hot take now. I'm not gonna name names, <laughs> but we could see a wild we could see a wild, even quarterfinal stages where there could be eight teams where like at least four of them, at least four of those countries, I don't know what they're doing there. Mm. In a normal World Cup cycle, those four countries aren't in the quarters. I, we could see that. that. I'd love I that. Would, I, I
1: would inject it, actually. <laughs> love- <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Is it, so that means we'd have to put England in that. Can we put England in that? Do you know what? I think that's,
2: I think it might be even more chaotic than that. I think that England, if England Scotland. are going to win a World Cup, <laughs> <poor> Scotland,
1: that's <laughs> chaotic.
2: You know, you know, I think, yeah, I think we need to be ready for, we need to be ready for the kind of outcome, like Ryan said, it embraced the chaos. Mm. So yeah, England could win the World An Cup. An African team? An African team? Why not? Why not? Like,
1: could imagine thing, Egypt why, or something.
2: Why not? Why not Senegal? Like, yes. why not? That'd be awesome. Because, th- because Senegal, they got a taste and they're like, we didn't get enough of a taste. Mm. I was like, oh, African team, Senegal. You know what I love about Senegal? They didn't care. Senegal was so, Senegal walked in the nightclub (laughs) and they didn't care how racist the bouncer
1: was. (laughs) 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 I love it. You know that energy? They're like, I don't
2: care how racist, I don't care. Oh, oh, sir, sir, that's my table. No, that can't, yeah, that's, that's my name. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, Mr. Diop. Yeah, that's my table. That's me, bro. That's me. Oh yeah. What do you think Diop? What did you think? No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not Klaus. I'm Diop. That's me. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That's it. They walked in with that swagger. They could go deep into this world cup. They could. Wow. Love it. Levels to that. That's brilliant, (laughs) man. (laughs) Do you know what's funny? There'll be people that listen to this. They'll be like, I know what he's talking about. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Because you you get that vibe. The the, the, the bouncer. I know that bouncer. I love that. This is a great analogy.
0: This episode is brought to you by CarMax. At CarMax, the best way to buy a car is your way. Whether you're an online shopper or an in-person kind of person, CarMax has you covered. Choose from over 50,000 CarMax-certified vehicles at CarMax.com. Check out 360-degree views, research and compare with ratings and reviews, schedule a trade-in appraisal, and apply for financing, all from the comfort of home. And when you've found the right car for you, you can buy online or in store with curbside pickup and home delivery in select markets. CarMax, the way it should be. Get all the details and start the search for your next car today at CarMax.com. This episode is brought to you by Neutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Tail wags that could clear a coffee table. Getting a whiff of a new friend's behind chasing squirrels even in their sleep everything dogs do they do with everything they have neutro clean recipes gives them the energy they need to keep living their best life with recipes that help them give it their all made with non-gmo ingredients except the trace amounts that may come in contact during manufacturing neutro natural choice makes it easy to feed your dog well with no artificial flavors or preservatives and recipes that would make any dog drool, you'll both be doing a happy dance when you fill up their bowl. Neutro. Feed clean. Learn more at neutro.com. Trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing.
1: Okay, before we go, we got a, the Champions League's back. Yeah. in yep. time. What are what you, what you thinking? I'm looking forward to Porto like stepping up.
2: You know, there's I'm always nice. like that moment where there's a club that kind of, it can go a bit deeper than you expect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to what Porto could do actually. Um, but I want to ask you actually, mm-hmm. throw it back to you. Europe for me always had that special, it's a vibe, it's like, it's like being, it's, like, it's a close thing you get to go on holiday mm. <laughs> during a footballing season as a footballer. Like There's something so grand about you know, playing, in, playing in Europe, like, yeah. it's a big thing. How different was it playing in Europe for you? Like how special were those
1: games, especially the later stages
2: in Europe? Oh, as compared to domestic ones.
1: Um, it, it's, 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 it is, it's really exciting moves simply because, I remember we had to, when we went to Sampdoria, semi-finals, one of the ones. Genoa. Up, oh my Genoa, God, what, honestly. what But oh the thing goodness. about it is, is that, um, it's really strange because, at the time, because they had Viejovod, they had Mancini, you know, they had, they, had, they, they, they were so good, like at the back and Viejovod and then um, Lombarda the, the, the team yeah. at the time was, was really, they were really good. And I, I found it very difficult to focus on the games we were playing because you knew that we were playing them in the semi-final, right? Because I remember when we played them at home, like we, we were beating them like something like 3-1. Water Zenga was in goal. Zenga. Water Zenga scored against Water Zenger. I was so Legendary. happy because he's one of those as well. When, when you go into the pitch with him, Moose, even when they were coming, because when the Italians come, they come off the coach and they, they look pristine. Every single yes. one of them. No one's tired. Of they look amazing. They've got something about them. And I remember you would go and do the tickets and you see them walking in, and you see, and, and I was like, oh god, these lot are just so. They look amazing.
0: Goodness. And so
1: when you go out, you, you look at you see them, and it's Walter Zenga, man, Roberto Mancini, you know, Tilio Lombardi. And they're so. They look. They look like models. They, how oh, do these footballers they look, so, look? They look like models. They don't yeah. look like.
2: They don't yeah. look like people that actually do anything other than look beautiful look for a be- living.
1: Yes. Yeah. What, how do they do that? But you know yeah. what was yeah. good? You know what? I, the, the point you, you asked about what it's like, it was like, it was a different energy simply because you knew you was going into a, especially when we went to Genoa, that mm. the, the place was lovely and rustic. It was almost like, you know, um, a scene, the scene in Godfather where they're just walking down that dirt path and it's just really nice. Yeah. And sub- <laughs> it's just very much like that. When we went for the walk, it was very placid and calm. Right. And then what I notice is when you get to the stadium, it was absolutely bouncing. Where have these people come from? Right. You know what I mean? And 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 the energy, the food was all nice. The waiters are all cool, and everything. Everything's it's just different. It's a different energy from just the everyday. When we go to up north, you go up north, um, you go down to Southampton. It's very ordinary. It's still quite, it's still quite familiar. The setting is, but yeah, when but you go abroad, everything's different. Everything, right? It's just different. Everything's different because you know we're having. We're having pasta in that in, when you go to Newcastle. But when you're having right. pasta in Genoa and stuff, you notice it now. You notice you're in Italy, you're getting proper food. And it's, the everything, architecture, everything, the feel, all everything, of it. Everything feels different. really different. And you, you know that the caliber of player is different. I always found it like, you're, this, you're stepping up now. This is a different step up. You're stepping up. Um, you've got to be ready. And this is why I was trying to point I'm making, I'm making it long winded is, you feel like I'm going to step up now and what I'm playing now, I, I want it to happen so as I could go to that. Because that's what I went to Arsenal for, to play at that level of football. When you're playing against Sampdoria, and even when we went to the Sam Siro, when we had to play in the Super Cup, when they oh had a proper team, bro. Boban and Mustard. Honestly. We don't, people, so, know, we,
2: people don't talk about Boban enough. I know. Lass- you don't, know. don't get me started on like Milan. When we
1: went to <laughs> Milan, that was, again, you know, you're stepping up. It's just different. Moose, in respect so you know, like for instance, you, you, you couldn't get away with a bad touch when you got to that level. The touch had to be perfect. It all had to be absolutely perfect. You know, everything was just different. I looked forward to it because that's what I went there for. I wanted to go to another level of football. And when you went to the European games, especially that stage, you knew that you was going to another level. It was brilliant. I loved the preparation. I love going, God. I love the passion of the fans and the fact that you're playing against some real top players. Do you know, I'm, I'm so hyped about this. You know, the, remember the Rothman's football yearbook, they had those little like
2: paper yearbooks with all the fixtures. I used to mm. sit and, back in my sort of geek days. I would, well, I'm still a bit of a geek now, but I would read these entire fixture things. Um, all the results from the European season. you could get them each year. They had all the fixtures from all across Europe. And Ian, do you know what I'd do? I do? I would read them all. And then I go and research the towns across Europe that these clubs came from. Right. That's why- when I moved to Europe, I knew where a lot of these places were already, right. like these small towns in, right. in, in Czech Republic as it now is sort of. because I was so obsessed with like the history of each of these places. Like, you know, you go on a, a, a deep European campaign, mm. you're flying out to like Kiev yeah. and you're flying yeah. to Bratislava and yeah. you're taking on whatever you encounter. You're not just taking on
1: the team, you're taking on the environment, oh the architecture, like the got food. To, exactly. The you vibe. go to Turkey Moose. It's incredible. Because t- remember, let's say, let's say the week before, like the, you just played Norwich and you know what I mean? You go to, And then your, your next European game is Athens, I think AEK, right? As soon as you get off the plane, there's fans there, you know, you're, they know you're here for that game and they're really passionate. When you yes. get to the stadium, you get to the stadium. And I remember when we went to, when we got to the stadium, you know, you have to get there early. It was packed and their backs were turned on the stadium and it was packed over that side and they turned their backs. Remember when, what's it called? I can't remember who done it. Man City were doing it and they were oh, jumping. Yeah. The Poznan. Yeah. The Poznan. Yeah. Yeah. But like this, the first time I saw this, this is when we went to just to warm up Moose. Yes. It was full. It was full. It was, oh full. It was like, you. and again, it makes you realize this is, this is, this is, this is it. It's European football. This is what it's about. This is the, This is different. This is, this is just like it's intense. Straight from the start, from the warm up, you're thinking, right? We're in a game here. Do you know? What,
2: do you know? What I want. Do you know? I want to do one day. I want to talk to players, obviously, including yourself, about bravest European performances. And I don't mean like they were player down with a red card. I mm. mean like going to an environment which felt hostile and come out with an astonishing result. And I always talk about, to Ryan about my favourite Arsenal victory, which is the four-one against Leeds at Ellen mm. Road. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite European victories was when Juventus went to Dynamo Kiev in the late 90s and beat them 4-1 with an Izagi hat-trick and Del Piero scored a brilliant late half folly mm-hmm. and comes up and afterwards he's sitting there interviewing him he's standing there in the corridor afterwards in his like brilliant like you know it's beautiful like Juventus yeah. club suit in his shades and they're asking him how does it feel to be the symbol of Juventus and I'm thinking this is like the end credits of like mm-hmm. a heist movie you're dressed, <laughs> you're dressed like you're dressed like a, a bank robber like you know <laughs> super cool you've scored it's like, what, playing in Kiev at that time of yeah. year, it's like minus something. You've gone out front of 100,000 fans and shut them up 4-1 mm. and you're getting the plane back to Turin. Yeah. That is the most yeah. boss it's level. gangsters, man. It's incredible. It's going yeah, It's, in. Like, it's going, like a screenplay. Yeah. It's a screenplay. Did you have a gangster
1: moment in Europe? Ozere maybe? Uh, Ozere was proper gangster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's really strange because at the time as well, and they had a player, it's in Quarantine Martin. Remember him? I have yeah, never seen so, yeah. Yeah. a midfielder that good. There, was, there wasn't a midfielder around at that time that we had played against that I was better than him. He ran, wow. he ran Martin Keown ragged. They were wow. brilliant. And we went there, we got a man sent off. Um, and I remember I scored the goal in it, but it was the, the, the atmosphere. It was partisan. It was loud. It was, and when we got the man yeah. sent off, it was really battened down. This is where someone like Tony Adams comes into his own didn't stop screaming and shouting. I was up front on my own running the channels. Running channels. And I remember, if you remember the goal, I think. Yeah, was, I, remember, I, mean, I, remember, I think, beauty, I, I think yeah. it was Tony Adams, was the one, he just blasted it down into the channel. And the, the, the two defenders, yeah. and they both kind of got in a kerfuffle. Yeah. And the ball bounced, and I just took it to the left and just blasted it over to, It was a beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. goalkeeper's name was Cool, I think. Something like that. His name. Fabian cool, yeah, yeah. cool, yeah. Fabian Cool. I think that's his name. You know when you see a goal, moose, um, Especially me when I see, I said, could he have saved that? Because I hate a goal that I, like you think a good goalkeeper would save. And yeah. when I see that one, he's gone for it with two hands. Um, I don't think it's gone quite into the corner, but I literally just, I hit it with he everything. Could. And I fell over yeah. when I hit it. I don't know if that made it move. But that state, the, the point I'm making, that particular stadium, when we went down to 10 men and they were up, we were up against it, they put us under immense pressure. And we beat them one nil, and that was—I remember that—that that, when you mentioned about doing the interview and feeling—that's what it was like. It's like, yeah, it's like when you go somewhere. <laughs> I tell you what it's like. I tell it, Let me tell you exactly what it's like. The end of First Blood, when in the end, when John Rambo—he's got the coat on, <laughs> and they—you know—he's—he's he's done. He's called. He's caused all this carnage. He's got the coat on, <laughs> and they're just walking him out. No one could touch him. Just walking him out. That, I, you, <laughs> that is amazing when you're leaving the lion's then with yeah. the hate. Yeah. You put
2: your head in the lion's and mouth. they can't touch you. They can't touch you. That is amazing.
1: That is a vibe. You know, That's what it's like. It's like going to, it's like us going to play Millwall when, in my early days at Palace, you go and play Millwall. They are killing you with abuse in everything. They're standing there and at the end, you're just walking off and you can see, you can feel the abuse, but they literally can't do nothing because you've just gone there and you've torn their hearts out. And you just have, and you just leave. That's what it was like with Orgs It was beautiful. Oh, well, there we go. Your moment in Europe. That's, Your my my, that's the mo- Europe. that's my gangster moment. Listen, Moose, what are you doing for the rest of
2: the week, man? I'm going to get a lot of work this week. I've got some edits coming back uh, on um, some work I'm working on. Got another big project I'm launching in a couple of nice. weeks. So yeah, back to, I'm back to the admin. And look, yeah, it I'm looks like as
1: well, on. Moose, that we might be out of this not too long. So it looks like Stadio Wright's house in Berlin at some stage it's, it's going to happen I'm coming out that'd be amazing coming be out amazing. Pro- is, I, you know what I want to do as well I really want to try and do it where I could bring my wife and even my girls because oh, wow. they need to come to Berlin yeah we'll show them around of course show you all we around going to go be amazing in, I mean. so listen so take it easy in your beautiful t- in your beautiful city thank you so Until much next I, you. So I love you. you my friend always a pleasure catch you soon Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you very much, Musa Kwanga. Um, we'll see you again next week. I'm feeling mailbaggy, but I don't know what's going on. But we'll see how it goes next week. But take it easy, guys. I love you. Thanks for listening and have a good week. Bye.